You're listening to The Deadly Dose, hosted by Harini Bot and Megan Gesner. Welcome back, Poison Pals, to another episode. Um, it is summertime. I am sweaty. And today is Harini's day to tell yeah. her story. <laughs> so, um, yeah, take it away. Take it away. Take well, it away. I was actually really excited and looking forward to this. Well, full disclosure, Poison Pals, we are doing two episode recordings back to back. Uh, so I am happy to share my story this week. It's going to be a, another rewind, and then the other one is going to be a brand new story. So yes, it's been a while. So if you're ever wondering, if you're ever wondering behind the scenes, yeah, uh, us really actually being lazy in some ways. <laughs> but if you're ever wondering, like, dang, how do some podcasters just grind material out? Well, the trick is you just stay on camera <laughs> yeah. or video call with each other for a couple mm-hmm. hours and then you just cut the bits that's and you right get two episodes that's right so yeah, uh, yeah. once again we are uh, revitalizing some old episodes yeah this is going to be another one of harini's and then don't worry y'all you'll get a new episode in a week from now so in a week or maybe we might hold off and like put as part of special stuff right oh okay yeah maybe? no it's right. not <laughs> No, no I'm down. Yeah. I'm just saying, Poison Pals, we're coming to the era. Like, you know, maybe you got to hit that subscribe. And, like, <laughs> somebody, like, I don't know. I don't it's know. You. It <laughs> might be. <laughs> maybe some Patreon. Uh, maybe maybe yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe something else. Yeah. You know, it just mail us money. Just, here's, <laughs> just, just snail mail us some coin. Yeah. You don't got to subscribe to any website. <laughs> no, no. Give us a... Uh, dollar coins silver dollars in the mail <laughs> give us some red fin uh, not red fin what is it red box red box red box red box red, yeah red fin's what the real estate app the, yeah i mean yeah, if you want to give me a house, a house too yeah give me a house we'll take that that would I'll be take a that. very kind donation that would be the biggest box of your life but you know yeah i'll take it i'll take it <laughs> Anyways, right, none right. of this has to do with anything that we're talking about today. So let's get into it. Actually, the this rewind episode that I'm doing, so it's episode number four of our original mm-hmm. series. I think this story in this episode is one of my favorites of Sweet. all the episodes that we've done. Okay. Megan, do you remember what this one was? <laughs> um, I totally forget what episode four is. Let me think. Let me think about no, it. No, don't think about it. Don't okay, think okay, about okay. it. Okay. Just put it out of your brain. I'm going to surprise you. Wiped. I'm as Wiped. fresh as a newborn deer as our new <laughs> Deadly Dose listeners. Okay. Yes. This is yes, all new yes. to me. Perfect. All right. So uh, since I told Megan to not remember, I'm not going to say what the story <laughs> is. Because <laughs> then what's the point of that? So Megan, I want you – to put your time machine cap on. Boop. It is engaged. <laughs> is it engaged? Okay. So picture this. You are living in the pre-1920s. And as soon as I say this, you're going to know what it is. And yeah. you have your watch. <laughs> yes. You have a watch. Looking at my watch. Yeah, yeah. Yes. 
You have your okay. wash that you have to wind up. And I said this mm-hmm. last time, mm-hmm. it is mind-blowing to me that there was an era where you had to wind up your clock. Otherwise, you couldn't tell the time. Your time was off. Right, right. Yeah. And I think – I don't know if I shared this last time, and this is something that Dave has told me to never tell anyone else. But you know what, boys and Y'all are family. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I, I think I've told this to you, Megan, Andrew, mm. but there – I don't know if you felt the same way, but in kindergarten slash like early school days, Mm -hmm. is it not true that if you missed a day of school that day, whatever was taught in school that day, you probably won't learn again. Like it's a one time shot type of thing. Hmm. And that's happened to me twice now. I'll I'll give you examples. I'll give you examples. The first time that I was sick or something, I didn't didn't end up going to school that day. We learned how to tell time like analog. Mm -hmm. Like with okay. the minute hand and the hour hand, nice. because I missed that day in school. I do not know. <laughs> I do not know. Yeah, I mean that's not true. I right. I could tell an analog clock today, but it will take me some time. I got will admit. You. It, yeah, this is like I get that. Okay, so like that's like that is definitely that type of learning something like that. That's something that if you are taught that at a young age, it does stick. It's just yeah, like it's like it a core memory sort totally. of thing. Um, same with tying your shoes. I would put yeah. tying your shoes into the same bracket. Um, <laughs> and I totally empathize with you. I mean, I was I didn't miss that day of school. Like I, I was taught that. But it's one of those things where it's like I know for sure if I miss something in school, like a like a practical thing, like a practical mm-hmm. skill like that, my parents for sure would not teach yes. me. Not because yes. like they they like were like no we're not going to teach you that but like it wouldn't even come to their minds right. to teach yeah. unless I asked yeah. and when it comes to shoe tying so shoe tying is my thing uh, that's oh. the thing I struggled with for a long time okay like I didn't I didn't know how to tie my shoe until like third grade or something like really that. yeah so what'd you do like velcro I just I just like <laughs> just said loose shoe. I put the laces in, inside the shoe <laughs> I love <laughs> so it. like tuck it in because. You know, I'm not a parent. I'm not going to tell people how to parent. <laughs> One thing that I really don't agree with what my parents did, mm-hmm. no shade to them, but like the shoe tying, I remember asking like, how do you tie shoes or whatever? And they would try to teach me and I wouldn't get it. I wouldn't get it the first couple times. Yeah. And they immediately lost their patience and just didn't bother to teach me anymore. So yeah. I was like, I'm on my own. <laughs> so, well, that's that. Dude, I'm like, okay. <laughs> tying shoes is quite difficult. If you yeah. if you just understand the, the mechanics, the mechanisms mm-hmm. of tying a shoe, it's kind of difficult for a child to learn that. So I yeah. I still do uh, bunny ears to yes. this day. Yes. Because I don't know how to do the loop thing that pe- other yeah. people do. Like right. I still get made fun of for if I have sh- laces on my shoes and I do bunny ears, I still get made fun of for that. And I'm like, what? but it still does the, it, achieve, it achieves the same effect. Like exactly. I don't know why people have to be so judgmental. Exactly. I'm like, you're not better than me because you know yeah. a higher end shoelace right. technique. Because your shoelace technique is like one step a teeny more complicated. Look, she did it the Please. easy way Please. and her shoes are still tied. So yes. fuck off. Yeah. It's called efficiency. We're just getting mad. We're just going to say, okay, so back to the, the, back to this, the back clock to this. hands. Okay. Um, wait, but I do, did want to ask. So did oh. your parents ever like bother to teach you the how to read an analog clock? Did you ever ask them? Or were you just like, I guess I missed that day in school. So there it goes. I just missed that day in school. And then uh, 20, uh, 20 years later, not that doesn't sound right. No, 10 years <laughs> later, my husband taught me. 
Oh, okay. That's very sweet. Oh, no, it wasn't sweet. It was not sweet. He was angrily teaching me. He was like, why don't you know this? You need to know this. Oh, no. He's reminding me of my parents. I know. Yeah. Okay. I'll just share this for completion. The other day of school that I missed was I I did not learn the greater than and equal greater than and less than signs. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I did not know what the heck that symbol was for the longest right. time. And I was like, oh, my God, that is the one thing I did. Obviously, I ended up learning it. But that was something mm-hmm. I think I asked my parents and they did end up teaching me. Yeah. I don't know. Because I'm sure yeah. I'm sure that was like actively in your homework, yeah. obviously, yeah. through the rest of your, your exactly. education. So you're like, I don't know what the hell this little triangle that's right. not closed is about. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> this unfinished triangle. Because yeah. Like reading a clock, I'm pretty sure it's mm-hmm. one of those things. Like you learn it once, and they're like, "Okay, on to the next lesson plan." Because right, it's not right. something that's going to really come up again. But anyways, yeah. I digress. So okay. <laughs> there, there, you guys know a little bit about me. Before we get into the rest of the episode, if you've been enjoying our content so far, please go rate and review us wherever you might be listening from, or don't. Just keep on hanging with us. All right, on to the rest of the episode. So back to the 1920s. <laughs> so where you have to wind up your watch. Thank God I was not born then. I would have really struggled. (laughs) The Swiss were skilled at bringing time to the masses. But when the cover of darkness falls each night, how the hell are you supposed to figure out what time it is? If if you want to have a seance at witchy hour at 3.30 a.m., how are you supposed to know when to wake up? Right. Or if you need to wind your clock for Mm -hmm. whatever reason, maybe you've got to Get up early or make sure like your clock is set perfectly for the next day. Yeah. Gotta, you know, be able to see it. And I mean, I do know light bulbs existed at this point. But like, who's going to get up and turn on that energy? You know, no, that's like no. a whole process. So. No. And I do remember when we did this the first time around, Megan, you were looking this up as to mm-hmm. when light bulbs came into the picture. And mm-hmm. yes, there were light bulbs. But then we also figured out that it was mostly wealthy individuals yeah. right. who had right. light bulbs. So if you yeah. weren't wealthy, question remains. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Question still remains. using candelabras probably. Yeah. Or like a gas lantern. Gas lantern. Gas. Yes, definitely gas. Mm-hmm. Another thing is what before alarm clocks came into existence, this was like a fun fact I learned. There were, I think it was just in England perhaps, where mm-hmm. there would be a job. There was, it was an actual ro- uh, actual role people had where mm-hmm. they would wake up at a certain time. Now, I don't understand how they woke up uh, at a certain time, but they woke up early, uh, crack uh-huh. of dawn, and then they would go and line the streets and they would basically whack the windows to wake oh. people up. And that was their alarm clock to remind people, like, it's time to get up. It's time to go to work. Wow. Yeah. That was a job that they would do. Yeah. We've come so far. (laughs) Now we have Alexa telling us to wake the fuck up. For real. (laughs) Or I just don't wake up. (laughs) I know. Just like, Alexa, shut up. (laughs) Shut up. Yeah. So anyways, so that's when the magical and otherworldly invention of glow-in-the-dark watches comes into existence. And it was an irresistible novelty. I Mm. talked about this last time. My mom had this watch at her house in India. I think it was her grandfather's clock. Mm -hmm. It still glowed at night because of the radium. Mm. There we go. Yes, yep, yep. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Your mom's grandfather's clock, did they just have it like out exposed or did they like tuck it away? Did they know? It was exposed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess just don't get close to it then. Yeah. Don't. And I, w- I would imagine there, 
like if there's glass over mm-hmm. you know how it Good is point. like yeah, yeah. They would paint on it and then there would be glass cover covering right, right, over it. Right. But I'm pretty sure radi- it will radiate through the glass. So uh, still <laughs> yeah. don't get close to it. Yeah. Did you ever ask your mom? She didn't have it, I think she said, right? I don't think it was. Yeah, I don't think it was it. I a mean, thing. I do know like she did have a little alarm clock, but it looked like it was from the 80s. You know, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. A, that did glow in the dark, but probably oh. not from radium. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just for yeah, like yeah. funsies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So for people at the time, it was truly like something out of a sci-fi novel. The dials were covered with this luminous paint and it lit up all the time and Mm -hmm. you didn't have to charge it or charge it in the sunlight or anything like that. It was just pure magic to these people. Mm -hmm. But the magic ingredient was no magic at all. It was radium-226, a property discovered by Marie and Pierre Curie on April 20th, 1902. Mm-hmm. Very little was known about it at the time, especially the dangers and toxicities that came with it. But what people did know was that it was interesting as hell and people wanted to put it on and in everything. <laughs> <laughs> Just like everything. Yeah, yeah. We do that all the time. Mm-hmm. So the use of radium really made a big splash in the United States with the U.S. Radium Corporation. This company is founded in 1914 in New York City by Dr. Savin Arnold von Sochaki. Dr. George S. Willis originally titled the Radium Luminous Material Corporation. The company produced uranium from ore and then transitioned to making this radioluminescent paint, which mm. they put on everything. Mm-hmm. Because of the big boom of their radioluminescent paint, this they marketed it under the name Undark, and it was a mix of radium and zinc sulfide with the radiation causing the sulfide to fluoresce. Mm. This invention came at a very opportune time with the start of World War I because there was a huge demand for for dials, for watches, and aircraft instruments to be painted with undark so the soldiers and other people working in the war would be able to see their watches at night and read the airplanes. Mm-hmm. But of course, someone has to be painting these dials and other paint application uses, and it was mostly done by young women. Hmm. So at the New Jersey factory, they hired about 70 women, they, but eventually they ended up hiring thousands at each location. These young women painted the numbers and hands on the watch faces and the military instrument panels. And this work is pretty delicate. I mean, I, like, I'm talking like any kind of watch, like also like a watch that you put on your bedstand to like grandfather clocks to one that you put like a wristwatch. So mm-hmm. if we're thinking like a wristwatch – those dials or the numbers are so teeny tiny. So it does require like a fine attention to detail. So what they would do is in order to paint the tiny numbers on the watch faces, the woman would bring the tip of the paintbrush to their mouth. So just like if you're doing like sewing a needle and thread, you know, like you just mm-hmm. like wet the end of it and then it makes right. it go in a lot of mm-hmm. smoother. So they would do mm-hmm. the same things. And every single time they would do that, they would ingest a small amount of radium mm. each time. Mm. So these women repeated this task for each number, each stroke. So you can imagine that in just one day, they did this around 250 times for five and a half days a week. That's a lot. That's so much. Yeah. I wonder what that would look like if you were to take that amount and like bottle it, you know? Right, right. And just visually. Yeah. yeah. And I'm curious what it tasted like. Like I'm sure it didn't taste good, right? Maybe it just tasted like paint. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. how do I know what that tastes like? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did I just out myself? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Not sure. I'll Google that while you talk because I'm curious. I'm like, does radium have a flavor? So one might think these ladies would question or be unsure about the safety of that. Like, should we actually be eating this uh, Mm. while we do our work? But all their doubts about the process were completely overshadowed by the amount of money that they got from doing it. And it was glamorous. Mm. They got $20 a week, which in today's money is $303. Um, Mm. It was also just the hottest thing since sliced bread. Like one gram of radium equaled $2 million in today's money. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. a lot. That's a lot. It was the most expensive commodity in the world at the time. Also think about the time that they're in. It wasn't very common in the early 1900s for a woman to hold their own job, let alone make good money. So Mm -hmm. these were young women, many right out of high school, who wanted this independent job that was honestly highly sought after. Being a quote-unquote radium girl was very in, it was very trendy, and Mm -hmm. there was this air of a radium girl being very scintillating, and there's literally glowing, uh, Mm. literally figuratively, and there was just an allure to this entire concept. I'm pretty sure if I lived during that time, I would want to be a radium girl. Like, who doesn't want to feel like they're glowing? Right, right. <laughs> um, also, I looked it up. Radium has no taste or smell. So I'm sure when they were painting it, it yeah. probably just tasted a little bit like paint. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Again, mm-hmm. how does one know? <laughs> I don't. I imagine it tastes like how it smells. Chalky. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. That's how I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's. I don't know if we talked about this last time, but – uh, maybe they'll show it in the Radium Girls movie that we'll probably mm. watch. But mm-hmm. when I was doing my research, they there were people or accounts of the time of people who lived during that time where women would wear radium dresses and mm-hmm. it would literally glow in the dark. So during that time, they would go out to these clubs and bars and purposely they would dim the lights for, for the ladies so that Aww. they would just be like literally glowing disco balls. And then they would also put it on their face. So kind of, they're like from head to toe, they're just like, green (laughs) (laughs) but now now was it it does glow green like that's its default color or was it more of like you would just kind of like oh some there would be some illumination with no Mm -hmm. real color tone or is it like specifically radium glows green that's a great question i only know from based on the videos and images i've seen and it's consistently been like a green glowy like Mm. like when you think of glow in the dark that's the color that it would mm-hmm. it would tr- look like a green glow in the dark color. Let's see. Oh, it did glow green, but it wasn't the radium itself that gave off the green glow. It's the zinc, the, the zinc, s- the self, the phosphor made from okay. silver and zinc that's creating the green. That makes sense. Makes okay. sense. It was a known thing after work. As I said, these ladies would go to the bars, etc., and they would sparkle and glow in the dim light, which was attractive, and it mm-hmm. made it seem like these women were otherworldly. Yeah. They were just having their euphoria night. <laughs> it was. It was the, the euphoria, for real. Yeah. And really no surprise that these women were completely unconcerned or unaware of the dangers that they mm-hmm. were in because they didn't realize and they didn't know. In fact, the people knew that this was dangerous, the people that they worked for, but that information was withhold, withheld. Right. Right. The entire country was enamored with this luminescent invention because it was deemed as this all-encompassing panacea, quote, for everything from blindness to hysteria. Mm. What radium was used for at the time is just wild. There was an invention called the radio 
endocrinator, which I remember we talked about last time, which was a device that looked like an old-fashioned lighter that you place like a jock strap right underneath the scrotum. Right. It was supposed to cause vitality and healing benefits, and the directions were, I quote, wear at night, radiate as directed, <laughs> which is just crazy. I'm sure it had the opposite effect oh, of yeah. everything that it was trying to do there. Dude, I just – I can't even imagine – that's the last place you want to put anything like that, anything radioactive. Needless to say, the guy who invented this later died of bladder cancer. Oh my God. Is that related? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> the whole idea was that it could cure many things at once. So many ads came out deeming that you don't need medicine, you don't need drugs. There was an ad claiming that radium could alleviate asthma and nine other things. The expansion of radium uses went beyond novelty inventions. It was used in household products. It was used in chocolate, in lipstick wow. to, to make it glow more. It was There was right. radium silk lingerie. There were Ooh. tonics. They put it in chickens. <laughs> and of course, watch it. <laughs> Those poor chickens. chickens. Oh my God, mm, can you imagine? Glowing okay, no. chicken. Glowing chicken. Yeah. Dude, glowing fried chicken sandwiches. Oh, wow. man. I'd eat that. I'd eat that. That novelty, <laughs> bring it my way. Yeah. Um, I, it honestly, this all makes sense. Like, this is something that I imagine on like a very, on an introductory level to your system. I'm sure you yeah. did feel health benefits, right? Because I think about when we do radiation therapy for cancer patients, right? Totally. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this is me as a layman, <laughs> just like pulling some guest knowledge from what things that I've heard. But yeah. I'm like, it makes sense. Like maybe on a small level, you're ingesting radium and you have it on your body or whatever. And you might, you might actually feel like, let's say you're feeling sick. It's like, wow, I actually do feel good because it's just killing everything in your system. But it's the prolonged exposure that they probably didn't, you know, I'm sure longitudinal studies did not exist at the mm -hmm. level that they do exist today. So I'm sure like they didn't even recognize at that point that like, oh, prolonged exposure, that's gonna right. be a problem. Yeah. Right. I think I think it's I think it's you can even relate it to something that's going on right now, which is for radium, it was very it was brand new. It was brand spanking new. They all they knew was it glow in the dark. That shit's cool. People love that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And right. they I think they did kind of know at the time that it had some effect against cancer, but they didn't mm. know the full scope of it. But of course, right. anything that can kill cancer cells must be good, right? This right, is, right. This is a positive. Uh, right. so if it can kill cancer, it can probably cure cure and anything right yeah. or it's a preventative thing that you sure. can take maybe you don't sure. have any ailments but like start taking it now in a tonic and then you'll be cancer free forever yeah 100 but the thing is when something is brand new you don't have time is not on your side to understand the long-term effects you right. can't have a longitudinal study because you need time to do a longitudinal yeah. study and they didn't have time yeah. and i think right. that's another thing that's going on right now is a lot of people are worried about the long-term side effects of covid the long-term mm -hmm. size of the COVID vaccine. We don't know what the what's going to happen in the long term. So mm -hmm. uh, not that is not to fear monger or anything like that. It's just a fact. Like it could right. be nothing or it right. could be something. We just don't know. Right. So right. Uh, it is 
it's just something that happens as part of science. Yeah. So they put it in all kinds of things. In fact, the government would shut down companies that sold fraudulent radium. So there was many like copycats and mini-me's of people touting that this has radium in it and it doesn't. And it was heavily used in advertisements to reel people in into buying their product. The one that I, the one ad I remember, there's so many that I'll put up on our Instagram once this episode comes out. But the one that I find hilarious is there's an ad for a butter brand and it has pictures of cows bathed in this warm, radiant sun. And mm-hmm. above the sun were the words radium brand creamery butter. So it was literally in everything. Like, yeah, yeah. It's craziness. Aww, so glowing yeah. cows. I know. So cute. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Health spas were all the rage where people would take a nice long soak in radium mud, rinse off in mm. radium water for a smooth, soft, terrifyingly toxic glow, which was the, <laughs> the name of the episode. To this day, there is still at least one uh, radium spa still in operation in the US Whoa. and a few in Japan. Yeah. Should we go? <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Video blog that shit. Dude. Where is it? Where, where, where is it? Do you know? I need to look it up. I need to look it up. I'll do that right now. Okay. okay you just keep talking. Okay, I'm I'll- so curious. <laughs> We'll do a live episode from there. Yeah. Um, but about 10 years later, these radium girls would start to die. Back at the U.S. Radium Corps, the management, all men, took mm-hmm. all the precautions in, they needed, of course. And just remember, the owners of, the, of this company were both PhDs in physical chemistry, and they understood the dangers of radium, meaning they like, – like I said, we don't know the long-term effects, but they knew it wasn't good to be around in that mm-hmm. kind of close proximity. They knew that much. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is all in this next part. The general management were also aware, as they had a similar science background, so they wore masks, gloves, and other protective equipment, but didn't give any to these women workers. The girls were not aware that radium was extremely radioactive and thus carcinogenic, even though it can help prevent cancer, or not prevent, but like help shrink tumor and cancers, it can also cause cancer. One of the women, May Keen, was hired in 1924, and in the article, she recalls on her first day how she didn't like the taste of the radium Mm. paint because it tasted gritty. Okay, so there's Mm. her answer. So she wouldn't put the brush in her mouth. She refused to put the Mm. brush in her mouth, and quickly her boss noticed this and asked her if she wanted to quit because clearly she didn't like the work. (laughs) So May agreed. She's like, yeah, I'll leave. (laughs) And thank God she did. Yeah, she's like, uh, I wasn't I wasn't saying give me an option. I'm telling you I don't like this, so I'm going. Yeah, she's like, I'm out of here. So she left because she would have – and well, thank God she did because she would have been like most of these other girls. The other women, unfortunately, they start to fall ill one by one with diseases so severe that no one had ever seen before. Hmm. Radium is – radioactive so it was literally eating these women's bones from the inside out quote there was one woman who the dentist went to pull a tooth and he pulled her entire jaw out when he did it god uh dude that's just gross <laughs> I just, but also like horrible 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 but yeah horrible. i just um you ever have dreams where like your teeth fall out yes, like that's the yes. feeling that kind of like I got just now, even though yeah. my whole jaw came out. Dude. But it's like the, it's just like the easy, like, oop, ah, didn't yeah. need to take that out. <laughs> Can you imagine being that dentist? God. You're like, oh, boy. yeah, like I'm just gonna do a little bit of a, t- oh my god, <laughs> and then he just like sets her entire face aside on god, like horrible. right next to him. 
Dude. Oh my god. Uh, I if I was a dentist, I would have quit. I was like, I can't yeah. be a dentist anymore. I'm gonna right. go become an accountant. <laughs> <I know. laughs> god, that's like, crazy. This is above oh. my pay grade. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so continuing on. Quote, their legs broke underneath them. Their spines collapsed. Oh, gosh. It's just, it's so sad. It's so, 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 so sad. And this is pretty much a hand-in-hand story with the Fosse, the Fosse Jaw mm-hmm. girls. Very yeah. similar things happened to them. They get radium mm-hmm. jaw. Radium jaw yeah. was most commonly seen given the fact that the women were ingesting the radium through their mouths. Radium jaw is basically necrosis of your jaw. Necrosis meaning uh, literally just decaying of your jaw. Mm. This causes painful swelling and essentially puts a bunch of tiny holes into your jawbone that are incredibly painful. The reason for that is is you can think of radium as similar to calcium. Calcium Mm -hmm. is needed for bone development. So when you are exposed to radium, the radium essentially takes the place of calcium and gets incorporated into your bone. Basically, Mm -hmm. drilling holes into your bone can cause Mm -hmm. bone necrosis and bone cancers. So instead of building up your bone, it builds down your bone. In terms of the timeline of when this was being discovered, like women are coming forward, like we work at this factory and my jaw is swelling or clearly I'm losing teeth or something. Like how long does it take for it to get to that point? Like from day one of... Mm -hmm starting as a radium girl do you know like what the timeline is i don't i wish i did because that's a really great question my if i had to guess um because they started in like 1922 it says that Mm -hmm. more than 50 women died by 1927 so wow not a long time not a long time like for and that's pretty severe uh Mm -hmm. to get to that point where your jaws are coming out of your mouth yeah only five years yeah maybe even less Maybe even less than that. Who knows? So right, right. up to five years is, is what I'd years. say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So scary. it's very scary. One of the the doctors, the PhDs that worked there, who was part, I think, owner of the U.S. Marine Corps, he dies of aplastic anemia mm-hmm. as a victim of his own invention. Aplastic anemia causes a deficiency of all blood cell types, red blood cells, white blood cells, and platelets, and it doesn't bounce back. In fact, this aplastic anemia is what Marie Curie died from as a result of, of course, her very close exposure to radium. Right, right. A consumer of a product called Liquid Sunshine died after he got radium jaw. He was estimated to have drank at least 1,400 bottles and is buried in a lead-lined coffin to this day, of course. Lord. <laughs> They're not going to change up his coffin. Damn. <laughs> he was like the sole buyer of Liquid Sunshine, Dude. essentially. He's like, that's my shit. <laughs> yes. And, and to top things off, the management told the press and others asking questions that the women who got sick contracted syphilis to explain oh. why they were getting so ill and also to ostracize these women and discredit uh, any information they had to say to the public. Right, because if you do by chance have casual sex and thus, thus contract syphilis, you are not a credible person apparently. <laughs> yeah. Shitty. Yeah. Super shitty. Um, Super shitty. Going back to the liquid sunshine though. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. like, he drank so much. I am sure his pee came out glowing. Ooh, you know, like he maybe that's why he kept drinking it. He was like, "Wow, my peak low." <laughs> I can imagine him just like he, he, him waiting all day. He won't pee all day because he wants to see it glow only at night. 
He's like, I can go to the bathroom in the dark now. Yes. Yeah. He's like, I don't have to have to turn the light on. I can aim and pee and I can see right. everything. Right. Uh, actually, kind of on that note, mm-hmm. I might say it later. I'm not sure. But Marie Curie, when she passes away, very similarly, she, I think she has to get buried in a lead-lined coffin. And even her books, all of her textbooks, every, mm. all her journals that she wrote in, her pens or pencils that she wrote with, it all is now in like a lead-lined case within the museum. You can go see it, but it's still radiating uh, radium. <laughs> okay. So the actual name, Radium Girls, was coined from the group of five women, Grace Fryer, Edna Husson, Catherine Schaub, and sisters Quinta McDonald and Albina Larice. I don't know why they have different last names. Maybe they, they got married. They were married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so they sued the U.S. Radium Corps for danger in the workplace and negligence. Mm. By the time the trial rolled around, two women were bedridden and couldn't even raise their arms to take the oath. Mm. The They became very public and well covered by the media, which is great for them. The mm-hmm. girls eventually won in the case ended in a settlement in 1926 by Grace Fryer and Catherine Shaw. The woman received $10,000 and $600 for each year that they lived. Many of them used that money to help pay for their own funerals, which is so sad. Yeah. But the company did not stop the hand painting of dials until 1947. That's a long time. Literally, uh, yeah, 20 years, right? Yeah. 1926. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. More than 50 women died by 1927 and more after that. They say if you take a Geiger counter that detects radioactivity over the graveyard where the girls were buried, the Geiger counter confirms that their bodies are still radioactive. Do you have any um, information on like what were the things that the U.S. Radium, that's the U.S. Radium Company, right? Mm-hmm. That's just, okay, mm-hmm. such a boring name. What the heck? Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any info on like, what were the things that they were saying? Cause I imagine that in the 20 years since that, that, uh, payoff, payout, Mm -hmm. not payout, Mm -hmm. whatever the word is to the five ladies. Um, I'm sure they had complaints from like other small complaints and probably paid those people off too. I just feel like that's how things work. But I'm like, what were they saying to the public? You know what I mean? Like, were they like, oh, yep, we did a settlement. We've changed this practice, but like, yeah, you know what I mean? Do you have yeah. any information on that? Yeah, I have a little bit of information. So there, there is some information about the aftermath. So mm-hmm. exactly like what happened after all of the trials. So the events that happened with the rating girls changed workplace regulations permanently. The federal government had set basic safety limits for handling radiation. Mm-hmm. It established a series of laws, including the right for individuals to sue for damages from corporations due to labor abuse, industrial safety standards were implemented, and mm-hmm. occupational disease labor law enacted, which mm-hmm. ensured safety instructions were and were in place and proper PPE was given to the workers. So I think that's how they sort of circumvented that is they're right. saying, yes, we're, we're not going to shut this down because it's quote unquote our livelihood. Right, right. A lot of people uh, rely on our company for, for work. So right. what we're going to do is we're going to just give everyone the proper safety equipment, but we're mm-hmm. going to continue production of radium, radium paint. Yeah. And there was no until – 47 i think that's the date you gave yeah until 1947 Mm -hmm. there wasn't really a strong feeling from the government saying like okay we're so glad that you enhanced your safety like safety um measures at the company Mm -hmm. um but when you 
send all these products out to the world to civilians that's still okay like we don't need to change anything there sort of thing like basically yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's not it's not a good response i agree and after that i'm sure they weren't really checking in on them either so right. yeah it, it gets a little blurry after that but that's essentially what happens immediately after the fact gotcha so i want to end on the toxicology of radium and the uses mm-hmm. today so this part is all new in the mountains of what is now the Czech Republic, okay. there is a mining town called Wakimstal. Okay. Which was known for its silver ores. Mm-hmm. During the 1500s, all so- silver coins in Europe were supplied for- from the Wakimstal mines. And those silver coins were called Wakimstaler, or simply Thaler, which mm-hmm. is the origin of the word dollar. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cool. See how we got there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So every now and then, a miner would strike into some quote-unquote bad rock called pitchblende, which is this blackish ore that miners referred to as bad luck rock because it usually meant the end of that precious, precious metal vein that they were mining. Nearly four centuries later, this bad luck rock would have a massive glow up, literally, and become a touted cure for all, including cancer. So, of course, I'm talking about radium. Radium or radiation is used to shrink a tumor, ideally mm-hmm. completely. Mm-hmm. And as a side note, one ton of pitch blend contains only a few micrograms of radium. Mm. It's not a lot. So they yeah. have to really get a ton, like literally tons of that mm-hmm. in order to just produce a handful. Right. There are many famous cancer hospitals. Actually, Megan, maybe you might f- be familiar with this, but not all hospitals are general hospitals, right? right? So there are certain hospitals that have a specific purpose. And mm-hmm. a big one is there's lots of cancer-only hospitals. They mm-hmm. only treat cancer. They only do re- cancer research. Right. So one of the very famous cancer hospitals in the world is right here in the United States. It's called Memorial Sloan Kettering. Are you familiar with that name? I am not. Okay. Uh, So one of them is Memorial Sloan Kettering. And in 1926, I'll just refer to it as MSK. Mm -hmm. uh, MSK is housing more radium than anywhere else in the world. Mm -hmm. About nine grams, which doesn't sound like a lot. But if you remember, just two grams at this time was worth $2 million. So there you go. Yeah. So they have nine grams, which earned it the nickname the Radium Hospital. Marie Curie and her husband discovered radium from the pitch blend that is, was found in the Wachimstall mines. And it was a huge find in the scientific community. One of the early adopters and enthusiasts was a scientist named James Douglas, and his daughter also happened to have breast cancer. So doctors in New York, they operate on her five times, five different times, but each time the cancer does come back. Finally, Douglas brings her to Europe to get treated with radium. But unfortunately, it was too late and she does pass away. After his daughter's death, Dr. Douglas devotes his life to promoting radium, the, ra- the use of radium as a new and more efficient way of targeting cancer cells. But the thing is, radium is not found everywhere. In fact, it was a very scarce resource found mainly in the Wachimstall region, and Austria had a monopoly on the substance. So in 1913, Dr. Douglas formed the National Radium Institute to mine radium from uranium ores right here in Colorado. In just a few years, the amount of radium available for use in the U.S. more than quintupled. And in 1917, Dr. Douglas earned $300,000 from his business, which at the time is nearly equal to $7 million in today's money. 
Good profits, good profits right there. And he donates 100% of his earnings to Memorial Sloan Kettering Hospital. But there were strings attached. Those who were there at the time of the contract referred to the legal documents as the Douglas Deeds. The first condition was that MSK should go back to being a cancer hospital rather than a general hospital, which they were cancer. They did general for a little bit. And now he's telling them, go back to being just a cancer hospital. Mm-hmm. The second condition was that radium slash radiation would be researched and used to treat cancer. So MSK agreed to both, and both of those conditions are still in place to this day. Radium at MSK was first used to treat skin, prostate, and and gynecologic cancers, and they treated the cancer in two ways. The first involved putting radium in a lead box with a hole in it, and then they would place the hole over the tumor area. So this is a very rudimentary first use of external beam therapy. The second method was inserting glass tubes filled with radon gas, and then they would directly insert it into the body. So it'd be Mm. like almost like an implant. Mm. And then coming back full circle to our radium girls who sued the U.S. Radium Corporation, two of the two MSK scientists, James Ewing and Lloyd Craver, who were world experts in radiation science, they served on the medical board that evaluated the claims brought forward by the radium girls. And they were part of the team that deemed radium unsafe for commercial use as part of the trial. I guess I could talk about really quickly how radium works against cancer cells. So how it works is that cancer cells are growing and dividing at a much, much faster rate than your normal cells. Mm. So radiation works by making small breaks in the DNA inside your cells. Breaking your DNA like this prevents cancer cells from growing and continuing to divide. But the real the real answer to that is when radium breaks your DNA in your cells, cancer cells are going so fast. like It's almost like they're tripping over themselves. They don't have the proper mechanisms or even the time, quote unquote, to mm-hmm. heal and repair those DNA breaks. Whereas your normal cells, even though you are kind of killing, not killing, but even though you are damaging all your cells, including normal cells, your normal cells are working at a normal pace where they are able to repair those DNA breaks completely. So it's like a non-issue. Whereas the cancer cells, they're moving so fast, they're not even seeing these damages. So when they don't see those damages, they just end up dying because Mm. they start to not work anymore. So that's how radiation works for cancer. Mm. And uh, that's that. (laughs) That's the story. All right. All right. Uh, I still need to watch Radium Girls, so we should definitely do that. Yeah. Um, That's come out for a while now. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a minute. We're going to continue on to antidotes let's do it right yeah yeah yeah. okay go okay um my antidote is that i will be going up to santa monica tomorrow (gasps) fun um to visit one of my old roommates she just moved into a new place in santa monica nice and she's throwing a little housewarming party and so two reasons why this my antidote is one of course so excited to see her it's been a minute um, yeah. Even though we only live like an hour away, we're both busy. She's a teacher. Yeah. So like, you know, it, she's she's got her schedule. I got my schedule, but there's always, yeah. always love there. So I'm super mm-hmm. excited to see her. And then two, I have not been to like a housewarming party in a minute. And I <laughs> yeah. love a good housewarming party. It just feels so special. Same. And Same. I love celebrating when people like move into a new home. So, so cool. My antidote. Will be a good way to start my Friday. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Or my yeah, weekend. My Friday. weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I love a house party. It's been a mm-hmm. long time since I've yeah. been at a house party. It's yeah. so be fun. I feel like I'm going to be like a little kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> College student again. College student. Kid. Yeah. Yeah. College student. Um, My antidote is – I guess my antidote – I guess my antidote is I'm going to San Diego next week. I wasn't yeah. planning to – It was kind of just like a happy surprise that I got to go back down to San Diego and all my family will be there, including like my brother and his wife and their baby. So I'm going to hang out with my niece and my parents and it'll just be like a nice family reunion. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Sans Eli, which is sad. (laughs) Who's he going to stay with? Eli is her, uh, I guess you could call it her other nephew yes (laughs) but yes her eli is her brother's dog and he's a cutie but he got a big head i'm sorry Eli. (laughs) you got a big big head (laughs) big head and small slash long body uh yeah so he's gonna stay at swetha's parents place yay um all right harini well thank you for telling us about the radium girls and everything about radium take us yes yes so don't risk it for that jaw-dropping radium biscuit. Bye! (laughs) Bye!